On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla finally makes good on their promise to remove some interior options on Model S and Model X, and the changes are more sweeping than expected. Plus, Tesla goes to great lengths to try and ensure as many U.S. customers get the full federal tax credit as possible. Tesla teams up with some rivals to try and get the tax credit restored and much more. Howdy friends, my name's Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast episode number 172 for November 18th, 2018. And to my right today, Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who's actually voluntarily uh, yeah, lying in her crate just working on a, a bull stick down there. So she hasn't passed out yet. We'll see if my uh, recording of the show will put her to sleep as it usually does. First off, I wanted to take a quick minute to extend just a, the, the heartiest and uh, most most sincere of thank yous to all of you. As so many emails and phone calls and tweets, just so many supportive words from you guys about my big announcement last week, the impossible dream reached. Uh, it is it is still surreal. I'm I look at pictures of the car. And it still just doesn't sink in that, that it's a real thing that I'll that will be in my life. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I'm so uh, humbled and grateful. And again, I, I can't play everything. It would be way too self-serving. I got so many calls. But uh, there was one, I think, that, that summed it up pretty well. I just wanted to play one quick call here uh, from Jason in Huntington Beach, who I think uh, really uh, I, I can let speak for a whole bunch of super nice people that called in, wrote in, tweeted me. So, uh, Jason, the floor is yours. Hey, Ryan. Congratulations on your Tesla Roadster. I think I can help you out with two of the things that are bothering you right now, the tax hit and the name for your new Roadster. With regards to the tax hit, you should be aware that Tesla's referral program doesn't cap out at one Roadster. It caps out at two. If you refer 50 more people... Tesla will send you two free Roadsters, the second of which you can sell, and the proceeds from that sale will completely cover the taxes for both cars. Thus, your Roadster is actually free. As for the name, you actually named it yourself a long time ago, and it's perfect. I think you should call your Roadster the Impossible Dream. Love the show. Keep up the great work. So again, a thank you to Jason and to everybody who called in or tweeted me, emailed me. There are just too many to play them all. But, but first of all, Jason, with regard to naming it The Impossible Dream, I heard that from so many people. And guess what? You're all 100% correct. I actually had that written down in my notes, and I just forgot to say it. I just whiffed on it last week. But I agree with all of you. It is pretty perfect. And I think that name may indeed be the winner. But I did want to shout out some other people. There were some other fun recommendations, too. I won't rule anything out. <laughs> Got plenty of time to think about it. Kenny from Newport News suggests the unimaginable dream. Just a little twist there. I like that. Craig from Orlando su suggests the halo effect, fusing my video game worlds and car worlds, because, of course, Elon says that the Roadster is their halo car to defeat all the other Halo cars. 
Lonnie from Long Island, who uh, I got a chance to meet this week. He was in San Francisco, uh, sat down and, and uh, broke bread with him. And what a what a nice guy. What a what a, I, I could I could tell you a story, a great story Lonnie told me. Uh, I guess the quick version is just he, he just the enthusiasm with this gentleman. He uh, he'd wanted a Mercedes his whole life, and at one point he was getting close, but then just life got in the way. And then it kind of had to go on the back burner for a long time. And when he finally came back around to it recently, he realized, I want a Tesla. And he just took delivery of a Model 3, a dual motor Model 3. And he is just, I could, I could see the, the kid-like joy on his face. It was great. Uh, he suggested, by the way, so Lonnie suggested the Roadster name of Maggie because both Maggie and the car are one in a million. And I thought that was very sweet. I really appreciated that. Now, Jason, as to your thought about the second Roadster, uh, yes, you are right. There have been a few people, Ben Sullins, uh, that, that have managed to get enough referrals for two. I'll be completely honest with you, because actually, you're not the only one. A lot of people wrote in with that exact thing or called in, and I won't lie. I, I have thought about that, too. I'll be, t- to be totally honest. I just I don't want to come off as greedy uh, or or anything else negative. You know, I, I think you heard me last week. I mean, this this means the world to me and I'm so humbled and grateful, but you, you're right though. All the people that, that called in and wrote in, you're all right in that the, the unfortunate reality with the American tax code and our tax system is that the only way to truly get a free Tesla Roadster is to in fact get two free Tesla Roadsters and sell one of them to cover the taxes on both. So I think what I'd like to do, you know, I don't want to be too aggressive about it, but I, I'm just going to keep putting my referral code out there for those of you in the audience who, who you know, are, are ordering and just want to make sure the important thing, get yourself that six free months of unlimited supercharging, whether it's my code or whether you do take somebody else's, but that's the most important thing. Make sure get your six free months of unlimited supercharging. But if, if you'd feel so inclined to use my code, I'd sincerely appreciate it. Um... Because, you know, if, if taxes, here's the thing, I, if taxes are around $95,000 on, on each one, if should I get to two, uh, and I could, you know, sell the second one for probably, honestly, a little less than the sticker price, if I had to guess. I mean, I, the, the, to my knowledge, Tesla hasn't sold out of the thousand car allotment of the Founders series that are 250K. So I figured, you know, sell it for a little less sell it, uh, cover taxes for both. There'd be a little leftover. What I'd like to do is if I do make it that far, I'd like to make a, a sizable donation to a charity to try and pay it forward a little bit. Uh, maybe the, the San Francisco SPCA, uh, that's certainly the first one that comes to mind. That's I've done work with them, you know, with Maggie, who is a therapy dog. In fact, this weekend, this weekend, as in fact, as you guys hear this, it'll have probably already happened for the time. Most of you hear this podcast Sunday morning, is Daisy's canine good citizen test. It's a 10-step test, and the dogs have to pass all 10 steps. Not 9 out of 10, not 8 out of 10. They have to pass all 10, and if they do that, they are awarded their canine good citizen certification, which is the key to unlocking uh, pet-assisted therapy work. So we're doing that this weekend, this Sunday, uh, we ran a mock test at the end of our six-week training class that we, we finished up last month. She did pretty great on it. So uh, you can't use treats on the test, which is unfortunate because out in the real world, if you're you know at a school, at a library, at a hospital, you totally can have treats for the dog. 
Um, so it's, but I get why, you know, they want the dog to be able to do it without treats, but anyway, that's coming up. But yeah, so I think, I think that's what I'd like to do. Should I have the extreme good fortune past what I've already had to make it to 105 referrals for a second roadster that could, (laughs) that could pay for the second one and not stick me with a, with a, a, a heck of a tax bill. I mean, you know, this is a strange problem and I want to make sure you're hearing yes those are those are massive air quotes that I'm using right now it it is a bizarre problem to have but a good one don't get me wrong it is a good good problem to have Uh, just thank you all so so much for your continued support with this and and with everything that I'm doing here with Ride the Lightning you know this has been a a three plus year hundred and now 72 actually I guess like more like 174 when you count the bonus episodes uh, 170 plus, you know, 170 something episode, uh, labor of love. And, and, um, I just, yeah, appreciate everybody's support. And I just can't tell you how much it meant to me to get so many messages from people over the past week, since I, I mentioned the, the 55 referrals that we last week, just people, so many of you telling me that you are happy for me and that I've earned, you feel like I've earned it, which I have to be honest with you. I've been having a bit of imposter syndrome over the past week, just thinking that this can't, you know, I don't, how could this be a thing that's happening to me? Uh, so just hearing that from you guys really made me feel good and, and I super appreciate it. All right, that's six minutes of me. That's way too much. So let's get on with uh, with the news this week. There is plenty of it. Let's start with this. Remember when Elon Musk tweeted uh, towards the end of October, that the Model S and the Model X interior options would be changing on November 1st, and then November 1st came and went with no changes. Well, Tesla did finally go in and make those changes to the design studio, and as you heard me at the very top, they are more sweeping than, than at least I expected. They're more sweeping than I expected. So the cream interior is gone, which I don't think I guessed. Uh, the textile seat option, the cloth seat option is gone, which I believe I did predict. I think I could give myself a point on that one. Uh, dark headliner is your only option in a Model S or a Model X, which is interesting only because in a Model 3, you can only get a light headliner material, headliner color. So, uh, the, the S and the X are the dark headliner and the, the model threes, no matter whether you take the black or the white interior are the light headliner. So that really will change the feel of the cars from the inside, from, uh, from one to the other here. Now here's the big one. Listen to this. The panoramic roof option in the model S is gone. You can no longer get a roof that opens up. You can only get the all glass roof that has been standard on the Model S for some time now. I mean, Tesla, this one, this is an interesting one because the Model S is now, well, officially six years old. You know, it officially came out in 2012. And the panoramic roof has been uh, an option since the very beginning. It is is one of the oldest, longest-running options. And uh, so that is now gone. And... The panoramic roof was also the only way to get satellite radio in a Tesla. Apparently, they mounted the antenna somewhere up in the, you know, in the bowels of the panoramic roof where they had a spot to put it there, and it is not offered on any of the other cars. So 
Now I wonder if you'll be able to get satellite radio at all as a factory option, uh, or if per, you know if perhaps Tesla is going to come up with a new way to install it and offer it on all the S's. So it's now that they're just going to be glass roof only and maybe hopefully the threes and the X's as well. I don't know. But uh, another change is that you no longer can order the arachnid wheels on a P100D. They were, they were P100D exclusive on the Model S, but they are no longer offered at all, which tells me that most likely very few people that were even ordered, you know, there's only a certain percentage. It's probably not a great percentage of the orders that are P100D orders to start with. And then it was clearly must have been a relatively small percentage of those that were ordering the arachnids. So they are gone. And here's another one. This is another Model S option that had been there since the very beginning. The rear-facing child seats, which were a factory-only installation. You couldn't get them after the fact. Those are gone as well, which means that the Model S can no longer officially seat seven people. That was a big sort of point of, point of uh, I don't want to say advertisement, but that was a feature that Tesla touted in the early days. Hey, you could seat, you know, this is, a, this is a super safe car and you can seat seven people in it. Well, that is no longer the case, which I suppose makes sense because, again, I wonder if the uptake on that was fairly low, particularly when, you know, in 2012, the Model S was the only car that Tesla was selling. But here in 2018, Tesla can sell you a Model X that does seat seven people and it can seat seven adults rather than five adults and two children. Uh, now, Electric does report that you can still order this stuff off-menu, but man, Tesla has really, really simplified things here. And to be fair, they told us all a long time ago that they were going to do that, that they, they, they laid this out a while back, that they were going to be simplifying everything quite a bit. We're now down to five paint colors, enhanced auto, autopilot or not, interior color, and your wheel preference. And that this generally applies to S and X. The, the other big difference, the, the Model X, you have the, the seating choice, whether you're doing five, six, or seven seat interior. But really, yeah, that not a lot of options here. So on the plus side, I guess if you, if you want to take the, the, uh, the good side of this, the optimistic view as a buyer, well, it makes it much easier to choose your configuration so that you don't have as many choices to second-guess yourself with after you click that Submit Order button. But there you go. A lot of changes to the S and the X Design Studios here this past week. Next up, this comes via TechCrunch. Shout out to them. Tesla has teamed up with some of its auto industry rivals to try and get the $7,500 electric vehicle federal tax credit back. TechCrunch saying Tesla, GM, and Nissan are among a group of 15 companies that launched a new coalition aimed at reforming the electric vehicle tax credit. The group, called EV Drive Coalition, brings together a mix of automakers, industry giant ABB, climate change and energy lobbying organizations, and EV infrastructure companies, including ChargePoint. The coalition, which officially launched Tuesday, wants to pass legislation that would tweak the federal electric tax vehicle 
A part of that got that totally wrong. Take two, the federal electric vehicle tax credit to, quote, ensure that it works better for more consumers for a longer time frame and spurs increased growth of the U.S. EV market. Arbitrary constraints with the federal credit limit uh, consumer op. Pardon me, boy. This is not a great show for me today. Uh, this is a quote from Joel Levin, the executive director of Plug in America. He says, "Arbitrary constraints with the federal credit limit consumer options and make it harder for consumers to purchase the cars they want. Lifting the cap would create a more level playing field for all manufacturers, giving consumers the freedom to decide which car they want in a free and fair market." Increased competition spurs more American innovation and technology, end quote. Well, there's nothing but excellence and awesomeness to see in this, in my opinion. You know, you've got the Bolt, obviously, you know, Tesla, GM, Nissan. The Bolt and the Leaf, that, that, that new second-generation Leaf, are really solid cars. But uh, the fact is, as, as really solid as they are, they're, you know, they've got uh, good range for the, their price points. But... I got to figure it's going to be, you know, really, it's just tougher to incentivize people to make the leap to electric without those incentives. Uh, even Tesla, too, you know, it's the, no matter the car, no matter the, the brand here. I think I've talked about this before, but the reality is it is a paradigm shift to your primary mode of transportation for many people, the car, when you switch from internal combustion engine to electric. It is a, it is a new, new, there are new behaviors to learn. There are new driving habits to learn. There's a lot, there's, there's a new infrastructure, uh, the fueling infrastructure, you know, there's a lot there to, to deal with. And you know, that, that $7,500 federal tax credit is there to help get people to uh, dip their toe in the water, you know, to help help get them into the pool rather than just stand there going, it looks cold. So uh, I really hope that this coalition can be successful. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing too, like for, for Tesla specifically, since obviously this is a Tesla podcast, you know, when, when Porsche brings the Taycan, whether it's next year or the year after, they're going to be able to offer this whole $7,500 tax credit for a whole lot of customers. Because guess what? Porsche has not offered a single electric vehicle. Therefore, under the current plan, Porsche has 200,000 American Taycans that they can sell. That's a lot of Porsches. That's a whole lot of cars. Even if Porsche produces them at 30,000 a year? Let's say 50 optimistically. You're still talking about 4 years and that's okay. Maybe they'll bring hopefully they'll bring other electric cars online. Maybe it's, so it's not quite that much, but you know, the point is it's a whole lot of uh competitive advantage for Porsche there in the United States that where the where the American companies, in this case Tesla and Chevrolet are disadvantaged because this this article did mention by the way that that apparently GM is on the cusp of triggering of sell, of selling their 200,000th American uh, sold electric vehicle because the volts counted as well since they had a battery pack in them so they've that's helped push GM towards the the limit here so yeah you're talking about uh, the American system would actually be de, uh, would actually be stacked against the American car companies who've been more aggressive 
in the electric vehicle market. So on paper, it certainly makes sense for uh, our government to to do something here to try and restore a competitive balance. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to do that. But in any case, uh, you know the, the big thing again. I've talked about this before. It would just be great to get the $7,500 federal tax credit back, not only for the macro mission of, ex- of, of accelerating the world's transition to sustainable energy, but I'm more concerned as someone who you know sat here and, and bided my time and saved up and waited and planned and finally got my Model 3 this year. I'm thinking about the micro level, the standard battery customers who've been waiting now, by the time any of them get a car, they'll have been waited, they'll have waited at least three years in a lot of cases for their cars, and they're going to get at best a reduced credit, maybe even a severely reduced credit, the quarter credit, depending on what their timing is by the time those folks are able to order and take delivery. So I'm thinking about them. So it, it will I really hope that that maybe the, the proposed bill that I've talked about before can get some extra momentum uh, following the uh, the shift here after the the 2018 midterms. We'll see if that has any effect on anything here. So fingers crossed, and I, I will certainly be keeping my eye on this story as I promised before. Next this week, a new anti-theft accessory is being sold by Tesla for the Model S and X, but sadly not the three just yet. It's available on the Tesla store now. It's $350, and here's the description of it. Here's what it does. Increase your vehicle's protection with active sensor technology designed to detect motion inside the cabin, as well as sense if the vehicle is moved or tilted. So it is an anti-theft, anti-theft, anti-vandalism device. It will warn against potential theft with an audible alarm. It includes one sensor assembly, two window decals, so you can let those potential thieves know uh, that this car does have a security device on it. Price includes shipping and installation at a service center. Uh, that's Oh, th- this was the other big thing. That's why I put this in here. Note, this is not compatible with any Model S built before September 16th, 2015. You can look at the build date of your car. If you're wondering, uh, am I, do I count on this? You can certainly give the service center a call and they can check it exactly for you. But if you look in the door jam, open up your driver door and look at the sticker down in there, uh, it, it's, it's probably not going to have an exact build date, but it should have a build month in it. So if you are September 2015, you should probably call uh, and check for sure. Or maybe even if you order this, Tesla might do that for you automatically. I'm not sure, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know uh, what that cutoff signifies about the build date there. I mean, it's obviously, it's not autopilot related. It's nothing like that. So I just, yeah, I, I wonder what hardware that it's referencing there that was added to the cars three years ago. It's, uh, I'll be curious. If anybody knows, please do reach out and let me know. I'd love to, to find that out and learn something. Still moving this week. Plenty more news here. Tesla takes another step towards the company's aforementioned stated mission, advancing the world's transition to sustainable energy. They have a new contract with the state of California, their home state. This comes via Bloomberg, who writes, PG&E Corporation plans to replace three natural gas-fired power plants in California 
with battery storage systems as the state continues its push to squeeze fossil fuels out of the electricity mix. The California Public Utilities Commission approved four PG&E energy storage contracts to support Northern California's electric grid, including a project by Tesla. The commission in January ordered the state's biggest utility to find a way to replace the power it gets from three Calpine Corporation gas plants that are at risk of retirement and to consider battery systems. Commissioner Leanne Randolph called Thursday's 4-to-1 vote, quote, only one step in the broader challenge we face in managing the state's fossil fuel fleet, end quote. California relies on gas for about 34% of its electricity, according to the California Energy Commission. The four battery projects include a 183-megawatt facility south of San Jose, California, that will be built and designed by Tesla and owned by PG&E. Thank you, Bloomberg, there. Well, it's fitting that... A Northern California project like this would be awarded to Tesla, as of course that is Tesla's home turf. The Australia project, the power pack mega solar assembly there, uh, that, if you've read anything about it since its original construction, you've read that it is an absolute rousing success. It's a, it was ahead of schedule, and it's incredi- it's proven to be incredibly cost-effective, more even more cost-effective than the projections led them to believe. So just a success on all metrics, which certainly bodes well for, uh, for the state of California and PG&E implementing a Tesla system here. Uh, and of course, you know, what's even better than, than, natu- than it being natural gas is uh, it, this is now part of a renewable energy solution as, as the California grid goes more renewable and gets cleaner. So... Hopefully, more of California and more U.S. states follow suit on this. Speaking of sustainability, a thank you to Chris, whose Twitter handle, strangely appropriate for this story, is at breadfan35, which you can take literally as perhaps Chris is a 35-year-old fan of bread, who isn't, I'm a 38-year-old fan of bread, he may also be a Metallica fan. There's a Metallica song called Bread Fan, uh, which I think may be a cover. Don't call me on that. Anyway, it's a really good song. But um, yeah, it's, it's fitting that, that Chris at BreadFan35 sent me this story. He gave me the heads up. Uh, the, the, the story was written by SupermarketNews.com, who that is a real thing that tracks the supermarket industry. Albertsons, which is a regional thing. You may not be familiar. Uh, being Having lived in Arizona, I am familiar with Albertsons. So Albertsons is making a push towards sustainability that is including an order of 10 Tesla semi-trucks. And this is a quote from supermarketnews.com, quote, advancing supply chain efficiency and sustainability is an important goal for our company, said Tom Nartker, uh, Nartker, pardon me, vice president of transportation. We're excited to pilot this expansion of our transportation program with trucks that help us limit our overall carbon footprint, end quote. Well, you know, we we haven't heard much about Tesla semi-orders lately, at least not publicly. I presume they're still ongoing and they're just racking them up quietly behind the scenes that maybe they're just not making the news anymore, or maybe a lot of the orders are smaller, like you know, one, two, five trucks kind of thing. And maybe those don't quite make the news, but 
I, it just, it do, did make me think about, I wonder what the ultimate production rate of the Tesla Semi is going to be on an annual basis once Tesla does start building them. I mean, I suppose they'll all be custom orders, which what the Model S and Model X are and the Model 3 is not because just building se semi-trucks to keep around in lots, like with Model 3, probably isn't going to work out super well because obviously the semis take up a whole lot more room. Uh, now, the semis won't come with the, the trailers, but they're still, it's a much, much, much bigger footprint on those guys than on a Model 3 or even an S or an X. But it also, I also got to thinking, I wonder how long it's going to take Tesla to make one truck. Like, you know, they make, what is it? They're doing 5,000 Model 3s a week. 2,000, well, basically 1,000 S's or X's each per week, which is, you know, seven days a week. You're looking at, uh, gosh, uh, what, 13 or so, 14 a day, I guess, something like that. So I wonder how, how long, uh, or sorry, not 100 something. Never mind. Just don't listen to me. Matt's not my strong suit. It's also late, and there's the smoke is, uh, we're all, I'm a little stir crazy today. I'm sitting here in front of, I've got a 3M N95 mask, healthcare particulate respirator and surgical mask, sitting on my desk that I, uh, we didn't, nobody, most of us stayed home from the office today. It's, it's terrible here. All of San Francisco is, is blanketed by the smoke. And it's uh, man, I, I, I can't even, it's obviously it's, it's a million times worse for the, the people actually up North. And then in Southern California, directly affected by these fires that have lost their homes or had to evacuate them. And it's my goodness, what a disaster. Anyway, that's all to say, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm screwing up, <laughs> I'm screwing up a lot this episode. This is not one of my best episodes. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm going to do my best to power through it though. Anyway, uh, shout out to Albertsons for uh, for that 10 Tesla semi-order. Love seeing that. I can't wait to start seeing these on the road. You know, think about that real quick. Semi-trucks now, you see them all the time, whether it's in the cities, on the interstates. You see semis all the time. You realize that as soon as Tesla starts actually delivering these things and they start going into the field in service for their clients, people are going to start posting pictures of them on the internet. Like who that's has anyone ever posted a picture of a semi truck ever? And I know and no disrespect to, to truck drivers out there, but you know, semi trucks are a, they're a utilitarian method of transportation that serve a specific purpose. But now they're going to be, <laughs> they're, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be paparazzi photographed out and about when they're, when they're out in the wild, it's going to be kind of cool to see. Different paint jobs, you know, if companies paint them or put decals on them, people are going to be taking pictures of them, put them on the internet. So that'll be cool. Anyway, speaking of out and about, Model 3 has begun its European tour. So the car will be going on display in showrooms, Tesla showrooms. No word on test drives as of yet. But here's a list, courtesy of the Tesla Motors Reddit, for rounding these up. The car is viewable now in Oslo, Norway, in Dusseldorf, Germany, in Munich, in uh, uh, Lisboa, Portugal, in Barcelona, in Spain, Milano, in Italy, Zurich, in Switzerland, uh, Zavantum, in Belgium, 
It is looks like a temporary situation, November 14th to the 25th in Solna, Sweden. Also temporary in Paris, November 14th. That's now through November 29th. In, gosh, I, I'm not sure, Austria here. I don't know how to pronounce this. I know I've heard of this. I should know this. Is it, is it Wien, W-I-E-N? Like that, that would be the German pronunciation. You can tell I took German in high school. Uh, in Austria, on November, starting November 19th. In Göteborg, uh, Sweden, November 24th to December 8th. Um, and by the way, to all my European listeners, I can hear you cringing. I'm very sorry. I, I want. I am not. I'm not uh, intentionally slaughtering these. I do apologize. In uh, Tabby, Sweden, starting November 26th, and in Malmo, Sweden, starting on December 17th. So there may be even more than this, but that is the list for now of the European places where you can go and see the Model Three in person. Go sit in it, touch it, see it. In the, in the flesh, in the metal, as it were. And I'll tell you, this is just further evidence to me that orders are going to begin soon, hopefully in December. Hopefully in a month from now, a whole bunch of you listening to me in Europe will have ordered your car. That is the hope. Because you remember, that's Elon mentioned on the Q3 earnings call that they would hopefully be starting European orders in December. So to my European listeners who are going to see this car for the first time, I extend to you the same uh, request, I guess, as it were, that, that I extended to the, my Australian friends when they got the car uh, down in their showrooms a, month, a couple months ago. I would love to hear from you. If you want to call in with a short call of your, of your impressions when you finally get to see the Model 3 in person for the first time, because as I've, I've said this a number of times, so I won't repeat myself for too long, but it's a whole different thing seeing it in person versus seeing it in pictures and in, in YouTube videos. So do not hesitate to reach out and let me know what you think of it when you get your, your eyes and hands on it for the very first time out there in Europe. And big news for Europeans as well, the Model 3 is confirmed there to have a CCS2 plug which I believe should make a lot of the European folks happy. And there will be adapters coming for the Model S and Model X. So that was a big question for pretty much every European Tesla fan and reservation holder. What plug is the Model 3 going to use? Now we know the CCS2 plug. Meanwhile, in China, Elon Musk says, quote, there will probably be some deliveries of Model 3 to China in March, but he says April is more certain, end quote. So that, to me, I say that in case there are any listeners in China out there, but also, to me, that supports the notion that Europe will see cars delivering about the same time, because they seem to be roughly on the same timeline there. And one last thing. While we're circling the globe, some good news, more good news. We got good news for Europe. We got good news for China. Here's some good news for my Canadian friends as well. Canada has Summon now. Uh, there was a holdup. They, they were not able to use Summon in their Teslas. I think there was a, a government holdup there on signing off on that uh, capability. That has been sorted. And in the latest software update, 44.1. Canada now has summoned. So if you are a Canadian listener of mine, you're going to be eagerly awaiting that next software update 
and then you can uh, give someone a try. Start putting it to good use, whether it's in a tight parking spot, into your tight garage space, whatever you want to do. Like I told you, I, I like to use mine mostly because, uh, remember, it doesn't work on inclines, real, anything but the slightest incline. Uh, but I'll if I'm pulling forward into a parking space, I will stop short, get out of the car, and check to see and make sure that the 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 front the bottom front of my car is not going to scrape against the parking curb. And then I will I will I like to inch the car forward with summons. Well, I can I can look at it and make sure that no damage is going to occur. And then the other really interesting item this week, the final news item I have for you. And gosh, yeah, boy, this has been a busy news week. Tesla bought a trucking company and secured some contracts with some other ones to try and help get as many people their full $7,500 federal tax credit here in the United States as humanly possible. Elon taking to Twitter to say, quote, Tesla just acquired trucking capacity to ensure Model 3 can be delivered in the U.S. by, by December 31st if ordered by November 30th. So wow, they're looking they're looking to get the cars out pretty much anywhere in the US in it with a one month turnaround. And Elon added, quote, skipping rail saves over a month for East Coast deliveries. All things considered, it's better to use trucks. There's a single load and unload and direct to owner location there if you're if you're using trucks. And then somebody asked Elon uh, just a semi-related thing, when will they just self-drive to the customer's door? And Elon replied to this saying, probably technically able to do so in about a year, then it's up to regulators. So uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on that because that seems, that still seems a little like science fiction. Like the, I think we got a little ways to go there, but it's, uh, it's interesting to see where Elon's head is at on that. And then as for Europe, Elon was asked about, about Europe, and he said, we'll also be using dedicated roll-on, roll-off fast ships for transporting cars to Europe and Asia in Q1. Major focus on minimizing time from factory to new owner, which you heard him talk about in the, in the earnings call. Did not fully appreciate the working capital impact until recently, end quote. So there you go. You've, if you thought maybe you missed the deadline, because remember, Tesla had already said hey, the deadline to, to pretty well guarantee that you're going to get your car delivered to you by December 31st, that they had set that at October 15th. That was a while ago. So they've now, uh, they're now saying, hey, you'll get it if you order by November 30th. So again, if you need a refer, if you are going to sneak in an order, if this changes your plans at all, you think, hey, great, I can, I can do it. I want to get this order in. Feel free to use my referral code if it helps you. Make sure you get your free six months of unlimited supercharging. Uh, my code again is Ryan73014. So you can either give that to a sales advisor or if you're ordering online, just type into a into a browser window ts.la slash Ryan73014. That will take you to a screen on the Tesla site where you choose which car you're going to buy it'll, and then you configure it how you want it, order it, and it'll have your six months of free supercharging baked right into it. All right, that's the end of a very busy Tesla news week. I've got an equally packed 
Ride the Lightning Hotline as usual. You guys keep bringing the awesome questions, comments, and discussion topics. So let's do that right after this. Now Daisy's asleep on the couch. It didn't take that long. All right, time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the show, I encourage you to call in anytime, day or night. Two easy ways to do that. Whichever way you go, please try to keep your call to a minute, minute and a half tops. That would really be super helpful. And so you can either record your question on your smartphone. Usually most smartphones have a built-in voice memo, voice recorder program of some kind. And you can email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number. You just call in and you're leaving a message. That's all you're doing. That number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Peter in Boston. Wants to talk a little Model Y. Sounds fun to me. Peter, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Peter again here from Boston. So with the Model Y being unveiled in March of next year, since you coined the whole 3D, P3D, P3D plus naming convention, how are we going to think about the Model Y? YD, PYD? I do think that's got quite the right ring about it. So I thought you maybe want to noodle on that and maybe the rest of the folks on the Tesla podcast can uh, think about that as well. Thanks. I like this, Peter. This is a fun call. So we could go with... Pi for the performance model Y, PY, right? We could go with Larry for the long range model, LRY, right? We could go with Mary if there is a if there happens to be a mid-range model, MRY. And we could go, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but we could go with Sari for standard range, SRY. Uh so because they they might Remember, it's possible that they might all be dual motors the way that the Model X is. I kind of figure it won't be since it's the lower cost uh, model, but it's possible that that could be the case. So uh, we might, if you're thinking, well, what about if there's a D in there? Well, we might ha- not have to worry about the Ds potentially if, uh, if they end up all being dual motor cars by default. Uh, love that, Peter. Thank you so much for that fun call. Let's go next to Tom in Chicago wants to talk about Navigate on Autopilot. Tom, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. It's Tom from Chicago again. First off, wow. Between the Roadster and an Elon interview, you have to be just floating nowadays. But you've always been a thorough, fair, and above all professional Tesla community leader, so you definitely deserve it, man. Anyway, I'm calling regarding Navigate on Autopilot today. Uh, I have a 70-mile commute to work, which spans four different highways, so this feature is a big deal to me. And I tested it out for myself this past week on my Model 3, and I really do like it. However, there's no way to select your route. The navigation doesn't present options like other services do, so you just have to take whatever it suggests. So, for example, for the route it suggests for my commute, while it may be technically faster, 
there's just a ton of construction on that series of highways, so the lanes are really narrow and the lane markings are all over the place, which disrupts and often negates the use of autopilot. So for me, I'd rather take the extra time on the commute because I can just well, use autopilot and be safe and comfortable along the way. So do you know of any workaround to try to select your own route? Anyway, thanks for taking my call. Later, dude. That is a great piece of feedback, Tom. Uh, sadly, I don't know of any kind of workaround there. I agree with you completely, though. It would be great to have a few different options because I'm the same way. There are times where I know a certain way is going to be a bit easier, if not necessarily being literally the fastest route, and I would rather have the easier way to go. So hopefully Tesla will integrate choices into the navigation system at some point in the future. And uh, by the way, thank you so much for the kind words. I really appreciate that, Tom. Tony's next. Uh, he wants to talk about AP1 versus AP2. See if I can help t Tony make a buying decision here. Tony, go ahead. My name is Tony, and I want to say thank you for your show. It's very informative. Uh, now that the Model 3 is out, used Model S's have become very inexpensive and in some cases cheaper than the new Model 3's with the same features. However, many of them are equipped with first-generation autopilot hardware. Can you please explain the differences in the different autopilot hardware versions and where pre-2016 Model S will stop getting autopilot updates? Basically, I'm curious, how sophisticated can that first-generation uh, autopilot hardware get? Thanks again. Have a nice day. Tony, I hope you have a nice day whenever you hear this as well. Uh, so this is one of those important evergreen topics that I think is good to revisit from time to time. Uh, there may be new listeners. Maybe you're a new listener. So this is a, this is a good time to, to bring it up, I think. So in short, Autopilot 1, to the best that we know it, is done. It's done getting new features. But it can do a lot of great stuff. It does auto steer and traffic adaptive cruise control, which are the core of autopilot as we know it so far today. And it, autopilot one can also park itself, do the lane changes when you initiate them on the freeway with the turn signal. And uh, the one trick that it can do that autopilot two plus currently can't do is read speed limit signs. That's been a topic on recent episodes here. The only thing, Really, it's uh, Navigate on Autopilot. That is where Autopilot 2 and up has surpassed Autopilot 1. So to be clear, you would still be getting a really great driver assistance system if you elect to buy an Autopilot 1 car, but that car will never be capable of full self-driving or of the Navigate on Autopilot system that we now have in the newer cars. So... Hope that helps for you, Tony. Take care. All the best to you. Let's uh, go next to Doug in Connecticut, who uh, wants to talk winter, because uh, winter has already struck in certain parts of the country. Doug, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Hi, my name is Doug. I'm calling from Connecticut. Um, new to the Tesla family. Actually, I haven't received my car yet. I'm in the final process of getting it, and uh, will be delivered hopefully November 26. It's a Model 3, one of the new mid-range models. Uh, I've been reading lately on a couple websites and a few forums that a few owners in the colder regions are reporting some issues with the windows on these cars having some problems where they get stuck when it's freezing and they can't go back up and it seems like there might be, um, I don't want to say damage, but it seems like there's 
some issues with the way the windows come down after you have to open the car. And even when the owner has heated the car for an amount of time, it's some issues. Um, is this a problem with like winter and these Model 3s that just wasn't looked at last year since they kind of were released late in the season? Um, since I am accepting delivery shortly and I live in Connecticut, <laughs> we do have our, our fair share of snow and ice and, and all the other good stuff, including today it's going to start. So I'm just curious if um, this is being overblown. Have you heard anything about it? Um, hopefully not. And uh, anyways, regarding your podcast, it's great. I just discovered it a few uh, episodes back, and you had your new user podcast, which was so beneficial and great to me, um, especially all the stuff you covered. Anyways, uh, enjoying the show, and uh, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Doug, first of all, congratulations on your imminent delivery. That is going to be a great day for you. I have no doubt about that. And yes, I have heard about this. It's been making the rounds in the community this past week. Uh, sadly, it's been amplified by the Fudsters, but we won't worry about that. I have to say that I honestly don't know if this is a quote-unquote real problem or not. Because as you mentioned, there were Model 3s out there last winter though admittedly not a ton of them, nowhere near as many as there are now. But the point is still, I don't remember this being reported as an issue last year. But to be more constructive, to try and uh, help you out a little bit more than, than just saying I think and maybe, I wanted to pass along a tip from my friend Trevor Page from the Model 3 Owners Club website. Trevor lives in Ontario, Canada, so he has plenty of experience with winter weather and winter driving. He suggests this, quote, apply silicone lubricant in the winter to the car window, door, and trunk seals, so meaning the window seals, not the windows themselves, the car window, door, and trunk seals to help prevent them from sticking. So uh, maybe get a, a can of that before delivery, keep it handy, maybe one in the car, one in the house. But uh, I'll tell you, too, Trevor does have a video about this on his YouTube channel, on the Model 3 Owners Club YouTube channel, if you wanted to take a look at that. So hopefully you will find that helpful, and uh, perhaps that, those, that tip will be enough to, uh, to keep this, this uh, weather bug, this cold weather bug from biting your car. We're going to go over to Spain now and talk to Martin. He has a Model S 100D and wants to talk about the range on that car. Martin, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. This is Martin calling from Spain. I am a listener of your podcast since I am a happy owner of a Tesla Model S 100 Dual, which is a kind of a month and a half ago, actually. I reserved the car on the very last day when these cars were sold with free supercharging for life and just got the cars a few days after that. So I was even happier when I realized that I, that I got in that group of free superchargers. Anyway, my problem with this car and what that I would like to ask you about is that in the 10,000 kilometers that I've built on it so far, which is around 6,000 miles, I have lost eight kilometers of range, which would be sorry 10 kilometers of range which would be around six miles and that tells me that if it continues like this when the car is a hundred thousand miles i would lose a hundred miles on range and obviously i do not think this is a uh, kind of reasonable so i would like your thoughts on this please as i hope 
this is just uh, the first kilometers when the, when the range is lost and hopefully this car will last for much longer than than a hundred thousand miles with with uh, with all this range well that was my question for today thank you for your excellent work and also i would like to point out that i i didn't know about this referral program i would be more than happy to to do a referral to you but i'm not sure if i can do it after a month and a half or nearly two months have gone so I would also like your input on this and if I can do it of course you will have mine so that you can add one more to your Tesla to your new Tesla project although I'm pretty sure you won't be able to drive it uh, here to Spain but anyway a nice picture of it will be enough for me thank you for your good work and thank you for listening I think I might have covered this recently, Martin, but just in case I didn't, the good news is that the battery degradation will not continue like that. You do see the bulk of your capacity loss in the earlier time of ownership, and then it's going to really slow down over time. So no need to worry about it. But uh, even better news is that a recent software update did seem to quote-unquote fix this. I don't know if it sort of tweaked the algorithm that... The, the, you know, in the in the battery management system. But the point is now, uh, a lot of people in their Model 3s, including myself, have seen uh, better numbers, better, like higher range numbers when they charge up uh, than, than they had been seeing after in previous software versions. So um, that should make you feel better. Also, you technically can't go back and add a referral code after delivery, but yeah, you can always try and ask politely because I have seen it. I've seen it work and I've seen it not work. So it just thank you for thinking of me regardless. Uh, again, really would love for you to get your six months of supercharging. That's, that is the important part for sure. Let's stay in Spain. Let's go to Pedro from Seville. Uh, he's recently started listening and wants to talk about Model 3. Pedro, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Pedro from Spain. I'm calling from Seville, a city in the southwest of Spain. Um, I reserved my Model 3 two years ago, back in October 2016, and I have two questions. And one of these questions, I don't know if someone has already asked or not. I'm following your, your podcast um, since one month or so ago and really liked it. Um, the questions are, uh, do you have any estimation on when the Model 3 could arrive to Spain? I, I've heard that Europe should be in the first half of 2019, but I'm wondering about Spain particularly. And the second question is, uh, I, I, in Spain we have um, we, we don't have the same um, the same cost of for cars than in US or Germany or all the countries, and and I'm I'm really I'm, I'm really sure that the Model 3 might be a quite expensive car for most people here, uh, myself included. And I'm wondering uh, if uh, the Model 3 standard interior and also the standard uh, battery, um, do, do you have any insights, do you have any renders, any um, drawings or anything on, on how could the standard interior look like? Uh, thanks a lot, and really, um, uh, really appreciate your podcast and continue your good work. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, Pedro. Uh, if Spain is a left-hand drive country, you will hopefully get the car starting in Q1 2019, 
with the rest of Europe. So in other words, in about, you know, three to five months from now. But as you heard earlier, the showroom model has arrived, so you can go check it out. I encourage you to do that. As to your other question about the standard interior, it's never once been seen publicly, so we have no concrete details there as of yet. And yes, I do plan to ask Elon Musk about this if and when this interview happens. Thank you for your call. Let's go to James in Oxnard next, who has uh, just going to educate me, educate us all, hopefully, on the USB-powered, the USB stick-powered dash cam. James, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's James from Oxnard. I've listened to your podcast many times. This is my first call. I've owned a Model S, three different models at different years from 2013 on, and I've, I currently also own a Model 3. Regarding the dash cam video, uh, regardless of the size of the USB memory stick you put in the car, uh, it will only record 60 minutes worth of files before it erases and starts rewriting over. That's 60 one-minute MP4 files of about 30 megabytes each. So the largest USB memory stick you should put in the car is about 1.8 gigabytes. This is unfortunate because the initial release of the software included a description that said please from Tesla that said please put in the largest USB memory stick you can possibly get. And I did. I got out, went out and bought a 512 gigabyte memory stick. However, it only records 1.8 gigabytes in size and stops. So that was a waste of money. Uh, the other problem with the software is that it erases and uh, erases randomly 22 files if you put the car in park and then drive. For example, you're on a driving session and you uh, have recorded 60 minutes worth of files. You put it in park, put it in drive, and it'll erase 20, the 22 most recent files and start adding on after 38 files of one, mega, one minute each mp4 files finally the problem with the software is the time and date stamping of each of the 60 files is completely and utterly off it's not even close to accurate even though the car clock and the calendar sync of my iphone were were perfectly accurate the actual time and date stamping of the each file was either was way off. Sometimes it was early, like it was yesterday, and sometimes it's in the future. It'll say tomorrow and a date that's not hasn't even occurred yet. But it's random. It's a it's like some hours and some minutes off. It's not even like within GMT time or something. It's actually hours and minutes off. Keep up the good podcast. Love it, and hope to hear from you again. I hope to contribute again. James, thank you. This is one of those calls where I learned something. Thank you so much for all of that information. That makes me really glad that I just used a 32 gigabyte USB stick that I happen to have lying around rather than spend any money on a new one. As to the rest of the issues that you point out, the good news is that they all sound solvable. Hopefully Tesla is going to continue to fix, to iterate, to improve that dash cam. We know that more features for the dash cam are due in 9.1. Elon had told me that on Twitter. So with any luck, that those uh, improved features and fixes are also going to include some of these fundamental, pardon me, fundamental, boy, I'm really off my game today, architectural fixes 
that, uh, that you noted in your call. Thanks so much. Jonathan in Atlanta is up next. Wants to talk about paint issues with the regard to the Model 3. Jonathan, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Jonathan from Atlanta again. Hey, a buddy of mine just uh, took delivery of his Model 3. Uh, I was actually present for the for the said taking of delivery, uh, which he received at his home. Uh, very cool experience. Uh, the guy spent a lot of time with him, and, um, you know, I, I, as he was all excited, I kind of went over the car and just picked out some glaring things that, you know, were, were the very few that needed to be uh, addressed, because, um, you know, when you're in that happy mode, um, you, you tend not to be able to think straight, so I was there to, to be the straight thinker. Anyway, a couple things I wanted to point out. Uh, the first is those panel gap stuff, it's gone. I mean, at least with his car and my car, it, no problems. Um, but he and I were talking about it because we met today. Uh, first time we could actually see the car because when it was delivered, it was at night um, to him. So so we, we met up about uh, halfway, kind of a little south of Atlanta, just to wash the car. I went over like a little tutorial on how to wash the car. Um, and to look at those little paint swirl issues or the, the I don't know, the buffing thing, the buffing faded areas um, that, that, you know, needed some paint correction. Uh, he and I were talking about it, and we really, I mean, when they addressed the panel gaps, they, they really got it taken care of quickly. Um, one of the things that, that we both agreed on is, why can't they get the paint straight? I mean, like, there's some obvious faded areas. There were, like, at least 13 or 14 faded areas that I were, I mean, just being a novice in, in I hate to use, even use the term paint correction, I was able to get the vast majority of them out myself with, you know, the right compound and the, and the right uh, buffing pad. But it just seems like if I'm able to do it as a novice pretty easily, why can't at the delivery center, they just take the time, have a detailer there and just knock those out on each car. I just, it doesn't, it perplexes me. I, I just was curious on your take on this. Um, sorry for the, the long, uh, uh, slight statement and question. Um, that's it. I'm happy for the uh, Roadster, too, man. That's awesome. Thank you for the call and for the kind words, Jonathan. And hey, congratulations to your friend as well. As to the pain issues, this seems to be the big bottleneck for Tesla right now. Or at least, let me put it this way, a big bottleneck, if not the. You know, it's not battery packs right now. It's not battery modules. It doesn't seem to be general assembly. It seems like paint is the next whack-a-mole that needs to get squashed in the Tesla production process. Elon, I believe, has even publicly mentioned that the paint shop is the big bottleneck, I think, if memory serves correctly. And as for why they can't address it themselves, uh, you know, the, these little issues, my guess is simply bandwidth. You know, Tesla is scaling up so fast that my suspicion is that they just can't spend as much time per car compared to what they used to when they were only making half the number of cars per week that they are now. So let's hope that the output of the paint quality improves as the production rate steadies and profitability normalizes. Hopefully they can, they can uh, make some, do some hiring in that area if need be to help, help get those issues resolved before a customer ever sees them. Jeff from Durham. Uh, has a Model X on his way and wants to talk about, well, traveling in it and what that might be like. Jeff, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Jeff from Durham, North Carolina. Here's my question. I'm taking delivery on a new Model X the middle of December, and I'm very excited about that. 
But with all the popularity of the Model 3 and, of course, all the Model S's out there and the Model X and the new Model Y, do you think eventually there's going to be an overload on all the supercharging stations? And do you think Tesla has plans to take that into account, add more superchargers, more locations? And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Also wanted to tell you that I really enjoyed the beginner's guide to owning a Tesla and the pro tips. They are very helpful and I've learned uh, so much from you. I really appreciate it and keep up the great work. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Jeff. I am very happy to be of use and of service to you. And congratulations on that Model X, by the way. You are getting the most technologically insane Tesla that exists. And I mean that in the very best of ways, by the way. You know, Elon's talked about how they they crammed way too much cool stuff into it all at once, rather than, you know, introduce the car in a more basic version and evolve it over time. He's, he's told that story many, many times. So you are getting the technological beast of, of the Tesla lineup. I, I wish you nothing but good health and, and enjoyment while you're, uh, you're going to use it for many, many years. Uh, to your question... Well, the supercharger issue, that is always going to be the ongoing challenge for Tesla. I think this is why the free supercharging has gone away, why the urban superchargers are being rolled out, and why most of the new supercharging stations that are going up are huge, meaning 20 to 40 stalls. I think you know they're, they're doing their best to try and keep up with the growing fleet. And what I would, what I would say to you that might help uh, ease your mind a little bit you can always go to tesla.com slash supercharger to get an updated look at all the superchargers that are live, that are active, that are there for you, as well as the upcoming locations. They'll be marked coming soon. So again, all the best to you, Jeff. I hope that delivery day comes up very soon. Hopefully uh, it's, this is the tough part of the wait, the part where after you've ordered and before delivery, it's the shortest part of your wait, really, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I guess, well, I guess if, if an X, you probably haven't been on the a reservation list for a while, but anyway, it's, it is still the hard part waiting after you've ordered waiting for delivery, but, uh, it'll go by fast. I promise you. Let's end this with, uh, the aforementioned Lonnie from Long Island. Uh, again, wonderful gentleman to sit down and chat with over a meal. Uh, he wants to call in and talk, uh, about, Something that may be of interest to perhaps Tesla themselves. I'll let Lonnie explain it. Hi, Ryan. This is Lonnie from Long Island. I am a longtime listener and first-time caller. Last week, I took delivery of my dual-motor Pearl White Model 3. The transition from my Toyota Prius plug-in was astonishing. It is incredibly quiet and fast. I am so very happy for you making the next generation Roadster Threshold and believe your tax issue is best resolved with 55 more referrals or a lotto winning, whichever comes first. My vote for naming your Roadster would be very sentimental. I would name it Maggie because both the Roadster and she are one in a million. I follow the aviation industry closely, and I have been very drawn to a new aircraft company called Lilium from Germany that runs on batteries, has electric jet engines, is made of carbon fiber, has significant safety systems with autonomous flight capabilities. I'm very curious as to what Elon Musk thinks of Lilium, which has similar characteristics to the Tesla's breakthrough engineering. 
Lilium appears to have the same mission of accelerating the transition of sustainable transport. Congratulations again for all your hard work in delivering your Ride to Lightning podcast listeners the dynamic news coverage of Tesla today. Lonnie, it was wonderful meeting you in person this past week. Uh, and again, I, I told the Mercedes story at the top of the show. I just that that made I could see the look on your face of of when you you it just flipped to Tesla in your mind and you got your car and just man you you you're clearly so happy about it. I love it. To your question, Elon has been asked about planes before, and he's always kind of pushed it off. I think my my opinion on that is that I think he's really just focused right now on the short-term health of Tesla and and getting the company to sustainable profitability so that then he can he can think a little bigger again that is that is my take on it however he is the real life Tony Stark and he did say this to Tony Stark in Iron Man 2 it can be make it us okay Mr. Musk how are you? Congratulations on the promotion. Thank you very much. You're Thank right. you. Those Merlin engines are fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Good idea for an electric jet. You do. Yeah. Then we'll make it work. <laughs> Before I go, I want to mention that I attended the first ever meetup of the Tesla Owners Club of Silicon Valley this past weekend. And down in uh, East Palo Alto, it was right adjacent to the East Palo Alto Superchargers. What a great turnout. Kudos to uh, to Ram and to John for putting it together. There were easily 25 Teslas there. And what I thought was interesting, I only saw one Model X Mostly threes, a good number of S's. I just thought that was odd. Like, is uh, like the, the math on that just doesn't work. Why would there have only been one Model X? But in any case, yeah, huge turnout, 25 cars. Both John and, and Ram, the, the organizers there, even they were surprised at, at quite the turnout. Uh, but it was just wonderful to see and great to talk to a, a whole bunch of people. Bob from Minnesota, who's a listener of the show, he was in town I said, hey, why don't you meet me at this thing? And we uh, I feel bad Bob and I didn't get to talk for super long. I apologize to you, Bob. It was you know, just a lot of people to chat with. But what a great event. You know, if you have a, a Tesla club, a group in your in your area, you know, give it a shot. Go out there. Maybe it, maybe it won't be for you, but maybe it will be. You know, you go out and do a, a meetup or, or a drive. I've always really enjoyed car club events going back to my DeLorean days. So uh, I thought I just had a blast with that. It really, it's just, it's nice. You just stand around and you hang out. You, you check out all the you know, little mods that people have on their cars or their stories, their adventures. It's a really, really good time. And I, I really enjoyed that. I look forward to the next one. Uh, I did notice at this event too, there was a car that pulled up or, or at least drove by. I don't know if it was part of our group or not. I didn't get to see who the owner was and talk to them, but it was a brand new Model 3. And I saw it, saw it go by and, uh, you know, no plates. But it had the dual motor badge on it. Uh, so no spoiler, no red underline. So it would appear that Tesla, which I actually, I actually had heard this from a Tesla source, and it does appear to be happening now, that the cars, the new production cars are delivering with their badges already installed from the factory. Now, I don't know if that includes spoilers. 
if you're ordering a performance model three, but it does, again, I saw it with my own eyes that they, uh, there was a dual motor car that had its badge. So that was cool to see. And for those of you like me that are waiting for your spoiler and or your badge, hopefully this means that it's going to be happening for us very soon because we're already into mid-November. I mean, not that I'm not complaining. It's, you know, this isn't a complaint. It's I, I do want it, but I'm not, you know, it's not something that keeps me up at night. But it's now, I mean, let's see. It's been three and a half months <laughs> since I got my car. Still don't have the spoiler on the badge. Would love to get it on there. But it'll happen in time, no doubt. Uh, and then our pro tip for this week. This has been a, a, a popular segment. I've gotten a lot of good feedback on this. Some good contributions. I want to go to Joe from New York, who has a tip for new owners, particularly as this winter snap is hitting a lot of the country. Joe, take it away. Hey, Ryan. Joe from New York. Just wanted to point out a uh, observation uh, a little tip for uh, new Model 3 owners, that uh, as your battery is cold, especially for those of, those of us in the Northeast, uh, you'll see that the regenerative braking is uh, limited because of that, but you'll also see an, in, an indicator of how limited it is. Take a look at the line that goes under the speedometer, and you'll see that towards the left, rather than a solid line, it is uh, dots to indicate that it does not have full power. Uh, just a little tip, and that way you'll know when your regenerative braking is back to uh, full force. Take care. Thank you, Joe. That is our pro tip of the week. As I said, that is that chilly weather begins to set in in many parts of the country here, uh, seemingly a little early this year, in, in, or in uh, mid-November. Okay, let's, uh, let's hit the road, but before I do abstractocean.com. They've got all kinds of fun Tesla accessories. They got a new one. For those of you who who might not like the performance badging on the Model 3s, well, they're selling one. They are selling a P3D Plus badge in the exact style of the Model S and Model X badge. So the the red stylized P, a silver 3, and a, and a red D with a plus. So you can order that. Uh, they've got that for $20. You can do just the, the D. You can, you, know, you can get whatever you want on there. So they're selling just exact Tesla. Uh, I don't know if replica is the right word, but they're, they're going to stick to your car and everything. They've got the, the badging there. If, if you're not, not a fan of the dual motor badge, the Tesla themselves uh, is, is offering on the car. So you can get that. All kinds of stuff. Uh, abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order there. Immaculate Reflections, if you're in the mood for some detailing for your car, whether it's paint protection film, ceramic coating, paint correction, a thorough uh, clay bar wash and wax, whatever, any, any one of those, any all of those, whatever you're in for or have in mind, Jeff at Abstract, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections, will take good care of you. Check him out at irdetailing.com. I want to thank the uh, Patreon producers. They are wonderful folks who continue to support me at the $20 level or higher on Patreon. Our newest Patreon producer, uh, please correct me if I'm mispronouncing this, Stig, Mickey, I don't know if it's Jensen or Jensen. 
if it's uh if it's depending on the pronunciation there i'm gonna go with jensen for now stig mickey jensen please correct me if i've got that wrong also uh luxendairy.com they actually uh, so they, they sent me uh, some samples of their products they are doing tesla inspired smartphone cases and they even kindly said hey i'm going to send you some check them out if you like them you can mention them on the podcast so if you go to luxendairy.com uh, slash rtl l-u-x-e-n-d-a-r-y Luxendary.com. I don't know if it's supposed to be Luxendary or Luxendary. Either way, maybe. Maybe it's a potato potato thing. Tomato tomato. Anyway, uh, if you use that URL and you end up grabbing one thing, grabbing a bunch of things, whatever, you'll automatically get a 15% discount applied to your entire order. So that's very kind of them. Thank you to them. Uh, the other Patreon producers, we've got Dory and Steve Guberman. Cookie UK from EV Alliance, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Scott Gillis, Bill Royko, Rick Sinta, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salais, Luke Miles, David Nondal, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakil, Rome Strack, Harold Plug, Peter Chalet, Lars Hoffman, Lee Sweet, Marcus Mayenshine, Tim Hyde, Emotion Rentals, Jason Chalukas, Robert Maracle, Michael Lester, Matthew Para, Logan Willis, Alexi Heft, Jonathan Wales, David Brander, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, DJ Harbaugh, and Paul Hussey. Thank you all so much for your continued support. And thanks to everybody who's supporting me on Patreon. If you're curious, hey, what's this Patreon thing? It is a totally optional way in which you can support my efforts here on the podcast if you feel so inclined. All the information is at patreon.com slash tesla podcast patreon is spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n i think that's about everything i mentioned you know the the email address you can email me tesla podcast at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter and instagram dmc underscore ryan is my username on both of those platforms uh gave you my referral code ah yes if you're ordering a jada wireless charging pad for your Model 3, uh, again, there's there's sadly no discount on that one, but I do get a couple bucks if you order through this URL. So if you feel so inclined, it's getjada.com, Jada spelled J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Uh, and that about wraps it up. Again, just a friendly reminder, Google, if you listen, if you're a Google user, Android user, they are phasing out podcast support in Google Play Music. So they want you to use the Google Podcasts app, which on the, the, the good news there is the feedback I've gotten on that from people is that it is apparently pretty good, that it's, it's, you're, it's not a downgrade for you at all. If anything, it's either a lateral move or an upgrade for you. So the, the old Google Play Music feed apparently is not being updated and there's nothing I can do about it. So... Uh, so, but you, so if you're a Google user, subscribe on Google Podcasts. If you're an Apple user, subscribe on iTunes. Again, subscribing is free. It just means the show downloads to you automatically every time a new episode posts. So yeah, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which is, you know, you, you can get it in your Tesla via TuneIn as well. Spotify or uh, YouTube, just the audio. There's no video, but uh, just the audio dump of the show is on YouTube. 
if you want to check it out there. And then the hosting site where you can grab individual MP3 downloads or pick up the RSS feed, that is found at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. I believe that wraps it up. A huge thank you to everybody again uh, for your continued support, your continued uh, kind words. This has been quite a time for me personally, for for Tesla as a company. For I mean, think of just real quick. I and I'm part of this group. Six months ago, how many of us had taken delivery of our cars? I mean, six. That's like May is six months ago. You know, not a ton of us. Like there had been it's the cars had started to get out, but like man. You know, in the last six months, I wonder what percentage of of the Tesla of, of my Ride the Lightning audience here has gone from non-owner to owner. You know, probably a lot of those are Model Threes, but S is an X is too. So it's just it's been really cool. I mean, it's just the, the growth of this company has been fun to be a part of, fun to watch, fun to root for. And it's not over. You know, we're here in the heart of Q4. Q4 is a, a serious. Uh, important quarter for Tesla. I've already heard from some people like, oh, you want to try and get the, you're going to try and do the volunteer thing at at the Fremont Delivery Hub at the end of the quarter again. And I'd love to, I'm actually going to be in Arizona for New Year's uh, with my my parents and extended family down there, my sister and her husband and, and a bunch of aunts and uncles and cousins. So what I, my hope is that I'd like to try and get a hold of the Arizona people. I know there are a couple stores. There's a Scottsdale and Tempe, I believe. But I, I would love to go down and help out for at least one day down there. Well, I don't know if it'll be the 31st, maybe the 30th, but sometime during that last week. So if I've got any Arizona listeners out there and we wanted to try and you know mobilize something together, feel free to reach out to me. I'd uh, love to try and be a, a force for positive I don't want to call it positive change, but let's just say a force for good to try and help the the Tesla team down there in Arizona while I, I, I'm visiting. I'm sure, by the way, I'm not saying, uh, I'm sure folks are already planning this. There may already be a, an Arizona group that's got this in the works. I'm not coming in here and saying, I'm going to do this. And I'm just saying, hey, I'd, I'd love to help out if I can be of use. So with that, I will let you go for a snoring gassy tonight. Oh, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was episode 172 of Ride the Lightning. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I'll see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun. <laughs>